Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm very excited to have Jeslyn Moyer on the show today. She is the host of Good Morning La La Land, which is the first live streaming talk show in the world ever. She's also an entertainment correspondent on red carpets in Hollywood. A lot of fun. We're in this town. And she has a really interesting health journey as well that I think is going to inspire and can connect with people out there suffering. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Al, for sharing your light and continuing to be such a support and dear friend of ours. We really appreciate you being part of the Focus TV family, and you are such a special guest on Good Morning La Land, so it's an honor to be a part of your show today. Oh, I'm, I was so excited because when I met uh, you and your other co-hosts, again, you know, you just, you never know. Uh, all three of you have something, a story, a life path that is really aligned in, in, in what I'm interested in discussing. So this is sort of amazing that I met you and you all each have this, these separate journeys. Uh, really, in a, like I told um, Dr. Aaron, an incredible cast, your host that you have on the show, your co-host. I am so blessed to be able to be a part of the show. The hosts of Good Morning La Land are, have been like life support to, to me. You know, Rob Mack is an expert in happiness and I've called him and he's walked me off a ledge so many times. And Dr. Aaron has had such an awakening as a doctor of divinity and has been truly a spiritual guru in our lives. And all of the incredible guests we have on the show, I learned something. It's not just entertaining, it's empowering, it's enlightening every single morning. It's so special. Yeah. And you're, you're very empowering. You have such a great light and energy to you. It's so obvious on the show. But, you know, not everything was roses. We'll get to that. Um, but before we do, look, let's get into some celebrity fun stuff. You've, you know, hosted red carpets and met so many people that we all have watched for years on the Oscars and at Academy Awards and all these things. What are some of the highlights of, of people that you've met that you can share with us? You know, I have had an incredible opportunity to be at some of the most exclusive red carpets, premieres, and junkets, and shake hands or fist bump with some really cool people. You know, there's a moment where I met Tom Hanks, and he was doing this celebrity charity event he does every year for um, a Shakespeare company here in Los Angeles. He came down the red carpet, and he fist bumped me, and I thought, my God, I just fist bumped Tom Hanks. (laughs) And it's funny when I talk about these stories because I don't want people to feel like I'm name-dropping, but I do have, and I fully recognize this incredible opportunity to connect with some people who are serious influencers and icons in the industry, you know, I had a moment where I met Meryl Streep and I was, I was just in awe. She had such a grace and energy and presence about her. And it literally was, I was starstruck and she, she was talking to me and I just, I'm sorry, I have to tell you, you are so beautiful. And she's like, thanks. Let's continue on the conversation. You know, and I'm trying to be professional, but there are just these moments <laughs> with, with some people where you're like, you take my breath away. But we were recently, uh, good morning, La La Land at the red carpet for the daytime Emmys. And it was such a cool experience because a lot of these people create a community around them. And, you know, the winners, they became our friends and it's week long events sometimes for these red carpets. So there's galas and style lounges and things like that, where you get fully glammed up. And 
it's a really, it's a really fun time when there's this, it is, it is really fun, but it it is a lot of work. And some people don't realize that either, you know, you have two minutes, high pressure stress, right? We're on Hollywood Boulevard and the stars are coming down for these, you know, red carpet premieres. Right. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, Marilyn Manson carpet crashed and it was just like, Oh Oh, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. And you know, he's, a legend, right? But now somebody I had done my research on and you don't have a moment. You have to be on the spot, ready to have the conversations and people are screaming and elbowing you. And I mean, it's like a full on war zone on those red carpets. Sometimes, you know, you make it look glamorous to take a pretty picture for Instagram, but behind the scenes, it can be literally blood, sweat and tears to get the interview. That's for sure. Yeah. Just, just even your show live every day. Um, I, on my way into your show was, I'm never late and like known as the person that's always early. And I was having like a, Oh my God, Miss Gay Jelly traffic. Just the stress of knowing that you guys were going like, thank God I made it there. But that's alone, right? You're live. There is show must go on. It's, it's the same thing. It's just, you're broadcasting to so many more people. If we go live on stage, like I've been live on stage, sketch comedy, improv, et cetera, you know, it's, it's, it's still stress, but it's a little different and stuff can go wrong. But man, when you're broadcasting to the world, it's really a level of pressure. Oh, it completely is. Life is completely unapologetic because there are no mistakes. And for me, actually, that's something I thrive on because it really puts me in the moment. It really makes me be present and just focus, right? Completely. And I can just be myself. If you say the wrong word, you take it back, you laugh about it, it makes you more relatable, right? Because if you're taping, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get this perfect every single time. And the reality is the perfection lies in the imperfection, right? And I think that's something that's so endearing about what we do and being real and raw and authentic and having entertainment platforms is just to showcase that it's not all filtered and pretty and perfect. You know, you're a high energy, upbeat, positive person. And when you're hosting and you're out there, you have to be that no matter what, even when you're not feeling that because you're human and there's going to be those days. So let's talk about this journey you've had because you have had a health situation that we should share with everyone. We've never actually even talked about that. I actually have not heard or might have heard of this before, but really we haven't had anyone on the show talking about this before. So tell us some, you know, yeah, runway to red carpet, but also, you know, there are some bumps there and are some bumps. There are some bumps, you know, and some of that is just figuring out life, right? How to be the best you, how to figure out as an adult. I had a a fun, successful career as an international model and I was opening fashion shows and runways all over the world. And I thought, oh, I'm going to come to Los Angeles and really be stable and make a life for myself. And I had a degree in broadcast journalism and double majored in French. So I thought I'm going to come here and I'm going to make it work. Well, you have to wear a lot of hats in this town if you're going to make it. And it's certainly a marathon. And in doing that, I had, um, foray into hospitality and special events. I was hosting these really fun, glamorous dinner parties, right? With Paul McCartney and Mick Jagger. And, and, you know, I was working with some great people. It was so cool. And talking to these legends until I had a freak accident. And we're just talking absolute freak accident. And it was a crossroads of my life, really. Um, I had a slip and fall accident and the Cliff's Notes version is I severed every tendon, ligament, nerve, everything that made my left hand and arm work. In a matter of seconds, 
I went from these glamorous dinner, dinner parties and red carpets to rushed to the hospital, eight hour emergency surgery later, I woke up and they thought, you know what, you're probably never going to use your left hand and arm again. And when it happened, I thought, oh my God, I, I can't feel my hand. And I thought, I'm never going to feel a man put a ring on my finger. And I lost consciousness. I came back to, and they were like, stay with us, stay with us. And I thought, I'm, I'm not going to survive this. And I started saying every prayer I knew, Hail Marys and Our Fathers. And, and I, I woke up and my, my entire life changed. It was, you know, my mom flew across country, you know, pulled the 911 and the family came around to support and great, great friends. And the, the man I was dating at the time, they really rallied to support me through this because all of a sudden I had this traumatic injury. Not only was it an injury, it was the most painful injury um, a person can have. And only 2% of trauma victims develop the condition that I unfortunately developed, which is known as chronic regional pain syndrome. So a few months into my healing, when I saw the specialist, my hand had died. The whole limb had died. And they thought, you know what? We can't save this. We're going to have to amputate it. And here I'm thinking, uh, I... I walk runways and do red carpets and host dinner parties for a living. What, what do you mean you're going to take away my left hand? Not because I'm vain, but because I need it. I need it for what I'm doing. I need it to live. I need it to button pants and brush my teeth and wash my hair. I can't lose my left hand and arm. And they said, well, everything is experimental. But if you're willing to do the work, it's going to be a long, hard road. We're talking years of healing, and there's no guarantees. And I thought, well, you never met me because I'm about the most determined person here. So watch me do it. Just like I said to my dad when I moved to Los Angeles on a hope and a prayer with no job and no apartment. He said, are you sure about this? I'm not going to be able to help you. And I said, watch me do it. So that's what I told the doctors. And that just spurred years worth of being a full-time patient. And quite literally, every single day was physical therapy, acupuncture, pain management, um, experimental nerve blocks to block my brain to my hand, um, prescription pills and tests and blood work. And I mean, you name it, Al, I was going through it. And that's all I could do because it took every ounce of me physically, emotionally, mentally to get through it. Um, And I empathize. My eyes are filled with tears right now in so many ways. For that, um, having to be absolutely full-time, your own constant doctor, co-doctor, every minute, every modality, everything. You have to try everything. It is full-time, and it is overwhelming, and it's so, I'm just, ugh, it's, I feel for you, because I've been there and not in the same disease or situation, but the idea of it. And the other thing I want to say, and another reason I'm tearing up right now is, so, uh, I have an arm injury. Um, it's, it's why I have to use my voice actually, because at one point I couldn't even lift a fork to my mouth. I couldn't hold my boyfriend's hand. And when you said, Oh my God, will will I ever be able to feel someone put a ring on my finger? When I got disabled 20 years ago, I had the thought of, Oh my God, who's going to ever want to be with me? Because like, I don't have my arms. Like I can't use my effing arms. And to this day, like, yeah, I can go stand up paddling. I can play a round of tennis once a year. You know, I can lightly do things, but I can never sustain repetitive use of my hands eight hours a day, which is why obviously using my voice, being in our industry and doing what we do is very important and clearly aligned with your injury as well, which is interesting. And then I had Bethany Hamilton on the show who doesn't have an arm, 
right? So it's really interesting to think about this right now because I did not know that part of your disease until you just mentioned it. And I am really affected by it because it's it's like the levels of arms. I'm, you know what I mean? It's like these levels of how this part of our body is. And when it's taken away, temporarily or not, or for me, somewhat permanently, perhaps you, certain justifications, like I still can't sleep on my sides. There's certain things I can't do. I get flare-ups. I have to get cortisone shots. But for the most part, I'm okay. So I'm really moved by this conversation because I didn't realize it involved your left arm. And so I want you to continue but I just want to share with you that I do empathize on a level of, oh my God, you know, I didn't even know. I mean, now I can, of course I can lift a coffee cup to my mouth, but there was a day where I couldn't hold the cup in my hand for more than like a second. Oh, Al, I just completely empathize with with you and people who have experienced something with, with their hands and their arms, especially it's, it affects you on such a deep level because you're not able to even meet your own basic needs the way you're used to. And it's so frustrating and it's, it's such a test of will and spirit to get, to get through that. And same in very similar way to you. That's why I use my voice. Now the universe said, you know what? The only thing you can do is what you were meant to do. No more distractions. You have to do you. I can only type for a little, couple minutes at a time before it flares up. Some days I can't drive. Some days I can't butt my pants or my hand forgets it's holding a hairbrush. You know, I, you find ways to adjust what you normally do because we've had no choice. It, and it's years of figuring out how to fake it till you make it, right? With the best of them. Because we don't have an option. That's just what it is. And the, the thing with my condition is that it's almost like it has a mind of its own. The nerves just flare up at will. I can't be in the cold. I can't hold a cold beverage because I will literally lose circulation to my hand. It will literally start to die. I have to keep my hand up. I can't keep my hand down because if I walk with my hand down for too long, circulation again. You know, so you find ways to make everything work for you, but it completely alters your entire life. It alters the relationships of the people around you. You know, your partner that you're with, they have to cut your meat. They have to help you learn to prepare the dinners you used to make for them. They have to pick you up. Or you can't help out like more people can. That's a thing for me that's tough. You know, people forget because they can't see it sometimes, Completely. right? And that's a thing. And, that, and then you feel, you know, look, I'm a very helpful person in general. I love helping people like you. And so, you know, someone's having a dinner party and you want to clean up and you want to help. And sometimes I do it. And then like, but there are times when I just have to be okay. It's tough because it's weird about relationships where you have to explain to people like, hey, I'm not lazy and I'm not an a-hole. I just literally can't wash dishes. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't, you Literally, know? I'll break your plate. Uh, so I'm really sorry. And that was a huge struggle for me, too, because it really forces you to prioritize self-care. Whether it's sitting back and recognizing things you can't be doing or maybe you're overextending yourself. But really, truly, you have to prioritize your self-care. You have to make those appointments. You have to take those supplements. You have to watch what you eat, you drink, how you often you're sleeping. Because your entire well-being is affected by and it can be very detrimental for me it's a condition i still live with and if i slip up me too it it will flare up and that's dangerous same Mm -hmm. with me if i don't get enough circulation so for example way back in the day um and i just want to put a shout out to hand surgeons and upper extremity specialists and their team of physical therapists because they are sometimes the only people that understand 
Completely. I was so blessed because I want to give a special shout out to my hand therapist here in Los Angeles, uh, Dr. Brian Spencer at Hollywood Hands. He not only helped fix my hand in, in a way that I can function with it again, but he helped fix my soul because he got it. He helped me heal on such a deep level that no other healer or doctor could have. You know, it's like those physical therapists. Oh, I just cried to them so many times. Um, I went three days a week for a year, and um, and there were people, as you know, and it's and you know, it's like oh, someone always has it worse than you. The guy next to you uh, doesn't have a hand, or the person next to you got their hand. You know, it's just this crazy, you know, mix of hand injuries and. They, when you don't have something you can see, they can feel it. Mm -hmm. And so because they're trained, it's this validation that they understand, they know your pain. They may have never experienced it, but they feel it because of the flare. Like they can feel it where a normal person is not trained to understand inflammation, right? You know what I mean? So yeah, that level of connecting with those therapists were a savior for me at the time. And it's not that friends and stuff weren't sympathetic, but they just... Do you know what I mean? They don't understand something they can't see. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do a little shout out to them. I also want to um, talk about this because it was a thing for me and I'm sure it was for you, which is, and, and might still be it in some circumstances, which is, ah, oh, there's just a yucky level of shame to have to admit that you have a disability. Oh, Elle, are you trying to make me cry? <laughs> I know. So yeah, no, no, I mean, I've had this conversation lately. I talked to Lisa Nichols about it and <clears throat> some other people because I carried great shame and would not admit to certain people that I had this issue. Um, I would, I was just so, ah, uh, yeah, there was just a lot and it caused issues because when you're hiding something about yourself, you feel you might be rejected for it. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and people didn't understand my, my friends and family were like, why are you ashamed? It's nothing to be ashamed about. It's something that happened to you. You got injured. It's not, you know, you're not, you know, you didn't murder people. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's still real. And it took a while to start to open up about it and just be honest about my disability. Oh, well, I, it, it's taking me years. I, I literally took myself out. I put myself on the sideline. I do rarely saw friends. I wasn't social in ways I used to be. I, I wasn't, you know, fulfilling my career or doing anything. I, I couldn't, I was so, there was so much, not only shame, but like emotional disturbance, but part of my condition, um, had major changes to my whole limbic system. So my short-term memory completely shot. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't sleep. I was confused all the time. I was so emotionally like distressed and it, and then on top of that, I was, I felt ashamed that I had gotten this injury, even though it was no fault of my own. Yeah. I'm ashamed now that I'm going to carry this lifelong disability. I'm afraid that that's going to make somebody not want to love me and not want to partner with me because they don't want to carry that burden. They don't want to carry the effect it'll have on their insurance costs. Because, oh, sure, like you were liabilities, let's say, right? Or that's how we feel. That's the shame. Completely, completely. It's like, wow, you already want to have this, you know, sense of self-worth. It can already be a struggle for so many women. Now, on top of that, I'm a disabled woman. Oh, oh, gross. Hate it. We hate it, everybody. It sucks. But (laughs) however, I will say this, like it, um, there's a level, and I'm sure you feel this too, 
um, like for example, there was a day when I was having a pity party about my disability because I was having a flare up. And so when they're flare ups, as you know, it's worse than when they're not because it's an extra reminder that you've got this fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, and I come unglued. You're like, I really (laughs) don't need this. And it just kind of brings stuff back and brings stuff up. And, um, so I was driving and, um, I was having a bad flare up that day and I was really just like, damn it. And, you know, having like a crying in the car and I turned the corner and there was a guy outside of the coffee bean with one effing arm drinking a cup of coffee. And I was like, okay, all right. Okay. I got it. You know, it's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives you perspective. It also makes me, uh, I never thought that this would be the case, but I have a connection with disabled people. I feel mm, towards disabled people. I feel more so than I ever was. There's a level of compassion, right? So I'd love Completely. to talk about some of the positives that came spiritually from having this thing you're dealing with. Yeah. You know, honestly, um, as you mentioned, it's the ability to relate to people in a way that I I didn't have that life experience. And I empathize with people on such a deep level. And really, truly, it caused me to focus on my spirituality and bettering myself and having conversations, especially with the women in my life about doing that, about their self-care, about what they were doing to make themselves better physically, mentally, emotionally, because that's all I was doing as a full-time patient. Right. And now having the platform I do with good morning, La La Land, I have a, a place to share that with my audience and, and connect um, and that's really priceless. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you don't, when it's happening, it feels like a curse and then there's a gift completely. Yeah. So just the idea that something that feels like a curse at first, you don't see till later is a gift that also you can share to help others. And I've talked about this with a couple of people. There's a guy named Kevin Ballister who wrote a book called feed a brain. He had a traumatic brain injury and a freak accident where he was in a coma and had less than a 10% chance of like ever talking. And he's walking around, hanging out, like we're talking. He's, he's a, a miracle. And, um, you know, just the level of how you then look, have, have to look at the world. Um, but I feel blessed because I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I would have grown to have a level of compassion as I do. I'm not saying I was a nasty person before the injury. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I feel it has been a positive, although there are moments, you know, um, where are you now with the use of your hand? You talked about some things you can and can't do. What is your physical therapy like, or your, your treatment, you know, that you, you, you regularly do for this? Well, you know, that's been an uphill uphill battle um, for me because of insurance companies for what the treatment is that they will allow and for the time they'll allow it. The problem with my condition is that everything, even under the FDA, is considered experimental. And most insurance companies don't want to cover something that's experimental. Uh, And that's been a huge uphill battle for me. You know, lawyers involved, doctors involved, people working pro bono and and on liens trying to help get me the care I need. You know, I still see a physical therapist when I can, but it's not covered by the insurance company. It's just by their good graces. They say, Hey, I know you need us. I still go to acupuncture and they say, Hey, I know you need us, but I'm limited from getting the prescriptions that my doctors say I need. And, you know, I had had that moment where it was just 
uh, a couple months ago, I went and I saw the doctor who's overseeing my case. And he said, Hey, you know what? I hate to break it to you. You're getting worse. You were doing okay. And now you're not receiving the treatment you need because it's not being approved by the insurance company. And this isn't good. I know you want to fake it till you make it. I know you want to stand up, wake up, show up, shine, whatever it is you're doing. But let me tell you, you are at risk right now. And I was so mad, Al. I was so mad and I was so frustrated. And I left there feeling totally helpless because I thought, my God, I, I am willing to do whatever it takes to get better, to maintain at the very least. And I feel like, you know, it's only by the grace of the community I'm surrounded with. And it's still an uphill battle because I still can't get what I need. And it, it's getting worse. And there are moments, you know, there's months that are better than others and there are months that are worse than others. And right now it's something I'm really struggling with because I'm doing everything I can. I didn't even go home for Christmas to see my family. It's too cold. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm sorry, mom, but it's, it's too cold. Where's it's home? Too painful. Michigan. Oh, well, of course you're a Midwesterner. You know, I'm from I, Chicago. Yes, of course, Midwesterner. No, don't go back. Yeah, no, you no, can't. Not when, when I'm not <laughs> able to get the treatment I need and that the doctor, not even that I'm saying I need, that the doctors, my doctors at, you know, at Cedars-Sinai and reputable doctors all, all are all in agreement with what I need. I still can't get it. And so it's been a really hard struggle for me. I, my friends joke, they, they watch my show and they say, you're always holding that cup of coffee. Are you obsessed with it? And I said, you want to know what? It's the only thing that keeps my hand from cramping up. I have to hold something warm all the time. And people think, oh, every morning show has a cup of coffee with their logo on it. Oh, that's just what she's doing. Well, to be honest, Al, it's the only way I can get through the show with my hand. Yeah, no, it's, it's so great that you're vulnerable and open about this because you know what everyone you know you you know we look at the the glitter and the lights and the backdrops of hollywood but there's real people with real shit <laughs> happening on set with the cop like there are things happening you know um and and it doesn't mean you can't still push forward what is there i'm curious is was there ever an option or is there to go out of the country um, is that even something that's been explored? I, I don't even know the answer. I'm just sort of curious. You know, that's, um, we've looked at so many options. My, my parents, my friends, uh, people close to me have done so much research, um, and offered so much. There's, a, there are options for that. Um, but everything comes at a cost, you know, and as much as I'm willing to absolutely invest in my well being, and there's no greater investment some things have a price tag I just simply can't afford, if I'm being honest. My family simply can't afford for me to go have this crazy experimental treatment in Iceland or where, wherever it may be. You know, and right. I, I'm it's definitely so, in Iceland, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so grateful to, you know, be in the United States of America and have options, some of the best healthcare in the world. And I've got great doctors here in LA. Um, but yeah, certainly there, there are experiments. But I also, to be honest, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of it getting worse. If something goes wrong, then what? I've already, I feel like I've already come through hell <laughs> and I don't think I can do it again. You know, and I'm sure you can relate to it too. It, it affects the way you live your life, not only in your day-to-day -day life of whether I'm holding the cup of coffee too much on my show or, you know, I decide I'm going to just wear dresses because getting in and out of the pants, it's a little too much for my hand today, things like that. But I, uh, there's also things I won't do now because 
I'm not going to ski. I'm not going to, you know, do water sports. I'm not going to play tennis. My God, if I hurt myself, one, couldn't hold a racket in the first place. But if you hurt yourself, even if I hike, I get so scared. I think, oh my God, how am I going to walk down this hill? What if I fall? You know what I mean? Like that, that voice in the back of your head now that, you know, or the devil on your one shoulder, the angel on the other saying, girl, you're strong. You got this. You, you got through this. Look how good you're doing. And you're like, yeah, but the doctors just broke it to me straight. I'm not doing so hot. You know, it's, it's a weird dynamic and balance to live with every day. You know, I remember the day that Actually, give a shout out to him too. My original hand doctor in San Francisco, they are part of the Bunky Clinic, which like invented microsurgery, which reattached people's limbs when they got severed. Like those people. Okay, so it's like the best place to go. You know, people flying from all over the world. And um, his name was Dr. Kind. Oh my God. And he was so nice. He was so nice. And um, I do remember the day that he's like, uh, you're going to have it forever. You know, and I just was like, wait, I'm sorry. No. And the thing is, is that it wasn't like one of those moments where the doctor's like, well, you have six months to live and they live for 10 years. Like he was like, no, the thing is, is like, you'll have levels, but you can never go back to doing what you did. That's the only thing that's for sure. It'll get better when you stop doing all those repetitive so again, you know, yeah, like I used to play tennis. And I love it. I had to drop all those things. And when we talked earlier you learn how to adjust your life. It's like turning the key in the door. It's whether like, you'll never see me hanging out on a couch, watching TV with like my arm down and like rested on my hand because that's pressure on my arm and my hand. I have to sit up and have them be at rest. Um, and, and they just become automatic over time, right? You just adjust yourself and you know what you're doing. Um, in moving forward with this, how do you, what is the spiritual practice it's 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 going to be a constant duality, right? There's good moments, bad moments, rough hour, great five hours after. What do you do to help yourself through these times? Oh, well, and to make it more complicated, I'm a Gemini. So let's throw that in there. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've been trying my best to stay focused, to stay present, um, to incorporate meditation. I've found some great relief in sound therapy, actually, um, sound baths, sound healing. A dear friend of mine, Nacho Armani, is a world-renowned sound healer. He's a traditional composer, but he also has worked with shamans in a way where he can just use instruments from the earth and his voice and help me really reach a deep meditative space where I can work through some of those things. And that's been priceless to me, honestly, um, because when you're living in chronic pain, sometimes it's really hard for you to really stop thinking about it and stop feeling so you can really be at that Zen state. I've read a lot of books, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, um, and I've reread them. <laughs> the Four Agreements, I'm going to reread that. And, you know, being able to honestly talk to different experts, people like you on my show, that's, it's like a spiritual practice for me, really. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because my, um, I don't know if you have this happen, but like, so for example, like I'm allergic to shellfish and occasionally a friend of mine will forget and be like, Oh, I brought over shrimp. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so sometimes people forget that I'm injured cause they can't really see it, you know? So, uh, it's funny because, um, uh, a couple of times, like uh, someone just, my mom sent, saw someone on an interview and sent me a book. It's like this huge hardcover, you know, New York times bestselling book or whatever, but I got it and I'm like, 
hey, mom, I, I actually can't read book books. They hurt my hands. You know what I mean? Like I, my own book. That's the irony. If I sat oh, totally. there with my own actual physical book and, and flipped through every page, I would definitely have something happen to my wrists and hands by the end of it, which is hysterical kind of because I'm a writer. But, um, but again, thank God for voice dictation and then editors and being able to do this. Um, but it's funny because people forget and it's, it's, it's weird. It's things like books, like actual books. Actual books. Can't do it. Can't hold it. Uh, but I, I love reading and I read them on my iPad that has a stand (laughs) that I can sit and read with even just for some time, but just to focus for, for a little bit, it makes the world of difference really. And the technology, technology is so supportive for people with arm injuries, um, nowadays, which is voice dictation. My savior for me. Right. Literally. I've been using it since 1998. Okay, so that's a long time. Now, when it first came out, it was not as good. <laughs> Believe me, it was tough. Now it's pretty amazing. Um, like Mac Speech Dictate, Dragon Dictate for Mac. Uh, these are incredible programs. And just the one on the iPhone, like that was a savior when they when you were able to directly dictate into text for me. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure for you, one <laughs> you too. So texting. I'm sure there's people out there. <laughs> I've sent some, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, some interesting text messages one-handed. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're like, did you just left-hand text me uh, instead of drunk dial or whatever? Um, tell us, totally. Tell us about moving forward, or I guess in general, for people that might be listening or know of someone who's got this or is suffering from something similar. What are some key things you have learned that you're like, ooh, this did help physically, or this particular modality seem to really get things going in the right direction? Are there some, some, some nuggets you can share with us that people might need to look into? Physically, things that have really helped me is warmth. Just simply keeping my hand, my body warm has been so helpful. I'm hyper, hypersensitive to temperature. And I realized that the rest of my body, because it's coming so hard for my hand and trying to heal, really takes comfort in that. So even like sleeping with heating pads in the bed, you, I live in Los Angeles, but I still have my electric blanket. I need to be warm all the time. You think, oh, I can breathe the cold at 65 degrees. Actually, that breeze could be a little too icy for you. And it, it's okay. Also, one-handed gloves or fingerless gloves, rather, huge help to me. I, people, yeah, people joke with me all the time. You know, they'll come up to me and they're like, okay, Madonna, who do you think you are? And especially if I'm out with my girlfriends and, you know, we've gone to dinner and they think it's a fashion statement. I'm like, no, really, I I recognize it's July, uh, but (laughs) this mitten really does keep my hand warm. That has been so helpful. Um, just, just stay warm, just stay rested the best you can. That's been really helpful for me. And, you know, Western doctors sometimes will kind of laugh it off, but acupuncture too has been really helpful, not so much in healing of my hand, but healing the rest of my body and helping that to maintain. Um, I found that to be very beneficial. Uh, an acupuncturist in LA saved my life. She, during the thyroid stuff, before I'd figured it out, she, some other doctor had me on some hormone for something, you know, thought it was something else. And she goes, you know what? Get off of that. This is what I can do for you. This is what I can't. This is what you should do. And she was old school from China, barely spoke English. And I just trusted her and listened to her. And she was right. <laughs> and uh, what she proceeded to do from there was kind of almost impossible. You know what I mean? And then I went back to a doctor 
um, who did the ultrasound because I had a polyp and a fibroid in my uterus from hypothyroidism. And she had told me, she goes, I'm going to be able to get rid of the fibroid. I'm not going to be able to get rid of it. Like she knew and she was accurate. When I went back in, all they had to remove was a polyp, which means what happened to the fibroid? And the doctors were like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, you know what? This shit is 3,000 years old. Maybe you should start looking at it because that was pretty impressive. And I've known so many people who have gotten pregnant that way. And also people who have removed literally five lemon-sized tumors from the uterus after doctors told them they had to have a hysterectomy. So everybody with something where they're at the end of the rope or someone's told you to remove organs, you go and do some serious acupuncture. I feel it's so worth it. I'm glad you mentioned it. Absolutely. Especially if you're diligent about it. I think the key for people to recognize too, is that acupuncture isn't like a one-time fix-all. It's something that you have to kind of keep doing and maintaining. And that has helped me so much. And I, there came a point where I said, you know, I don't have to convince any of the other doctors that this, this works for me in this way, because they, I'd say, Oh, I went to acupuncture and I said, Oh no, it's all in your mind, whatever. And I I thought, no, actually, (laughs) This really is working for me. And it really has worked for thousands of years on millions of people. And I think I'm one of those people. So, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. What, aside from the injury stuff, which is, well, you know, let's stay, we'll stay tuned, you know, and help in any way that we can. What, aside from Good Morning La La Land, let's get back to the fun stuff that you get to. What is coming up? What do you have going on? What are you excited about right now in terms of your career or your life, aside from this challenge? Aside from the challenge, honestly, I, you know, I, I'm most looking forward to opportunities that are bigger and better than I can hope or imagine for myself. That's the affirmation I keep saying to myself. I am expecting the unexpected, and this show is just proof of that. Um, there's some really exciting guests we have coming on the show. I've made some really amazing, uh, sponsorships and collaborations with some cool people that we can stay tuned for that. And I'm developing some other concepts, some other travel shows, beauty shows, uh, more long form interview content and looking for opportunities where I like your podcast can tell my story, inspire and connect with other people. And hopefully someday that leads to a book, who knows, a movie about my life. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I'm just living so much in the present right now and just trusting the universe is going to provide. It's really a wonderful attitude and kind of the only saving one to have through things like this. Um, I'm just so grateful that you were vulnerable and open to share. And also, too, for people listening, you know, with hand injuries, and it's not to say you'll have to or need to go use your voice, but to say that it's possible. And it certainly didn't take Jeslyn and I two minutes to get here. But right, um, it's interesting how things become aligned with what they need to be, right. And um, so even though there's depressing moments in disabilities, there are gifts that I actually wouldn't take back my disability. And, you know, that's the weird thing to say because I actually would prefer the full use of my arms. I really, and I'm sure you would too, but it's a tough call because there are things that I don't know that I, you know, it's it's tough. There are gifts. So it's a tough uh, line to, to draw. What would you, well, we want to learn how we can connect with you. So let's talk about Good Morning La La Land is Monday through Friday, nine o'clock uh, California Pacific time on Facebook live streaming. Yes, it's also very exciting news available on Apple TV and Roku. We recently partnered with Connect TV and they're an incredible platform featuring all positivities, uh, 
positive news, entertainment, et cetera. And um, so we're available now on Apple TV and Roku and across all socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. We go live at 9, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10 a.m., but everything else lives on demand, and everything is also on a podcast now. So any of the favorite interviews or guests you may have missed, you can tune into the podcast and listen as you drive. And we go to where? Focus TV Networks to look at previous clips of things, or where do we go? You can go to Connect TV or Focus TV Networks, and we also post clips, obviously, on YouTube, featured on our Instagrams, at Good Morning La La Land, and then across our various personal platforms as well. That is so excellent. And, of course, we'll put all of the ways to connect with you on social media, et cetera, in the show notes. What do you really want to impart on our audience today on anything, um, mind, body, something personal? What would you like to share? My parting words. My final message (laughs) that I hope everyone remembers they have been and they always will be everything they need to accomplish their goals and fulfill the desires of their heart. You're already it. You just have to live it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We'll definitely have you back on again. And once again, Jeslyn Moyer, thank you so much for, for coming on today. It's just been wonderful. Thank you, Al. All the best. Hi, listeners. It's Brad Kearns. I'm so excited to introduce you to our all-new, comprehensive, online, multimedia course called the 21-Day Primal Reset. This is everything you need to go step-by-step into a lifestyle transformation and go primal. Go all in. Make the commitment. We are here with an amazing online course with over 60 videos taking you through step-by-step daily challenges in the areas of diet, exercise, and lifestyle. You also get to download an assortment of print and audio materials. We have an awesome app that helps you engage with the community while you're doing your 21-day reset, daily inspirational emails, keeping you focused, giving you tips and tricks. We have shopping lists, PDFs. Oh, it's a great collection of items all on the login portal. As soon as you register, instant and lifetime access, everything you need. What a great gift to give someone, family, friend, loved one that you want to share the gift of primal living with. And even if you're an expert long-term, what a great way to kind of tune up and get that reset going, build some momentum. If your goals are reducing excess body fat, being healthy and staying with the primal program for the rest of your life. That's what this journey is, is a kickstart to generate long-term lasting lifestyle change. And when you enroll at primalblueprint.com, we have a wonderful selection of add-on product kits at an extreme discount to thank you for enrolling in the digital course. So you can throw in some wonderful Primal Kitchen products or Primal Blueprint supplements. Check it all out at primalblueprint.com. Everyone deserves a reset. You deserve a reset. Make the commitment for 21 days and we'll be with you every step of the way to guide you. 